It is my great honor and my pleasure to be with all of you this evening. I thank you for being here. Today, in many parts of the world, people are celebrating St. Valentine's Day. And I'm so happy that you all came here on this day. It is a day that for a couple hundred years people have exchanged their affection for one another. I was given a report that Last year, over one billion valentines were exchanged. That means they were bought and given to dear ones. Of all days of the year, it's the second in the purchasing of cards for the particular event. Hare Krishna. Special effects. In the Brahma Sutra it is said Ananda Mayobhyashat. that every living being is seeking pleasure. Things could give some pleasure to the body and senses, but only love gives pleasure to the heart. And real fulfillment is an experience of the heart. A little child who has very wealthy parents, who is given very nice clothes and so many games and toys. But if the parents don't have time to express their love for the child, the little girl looks pretty but lives in misery. Because ultimately, everyone is seeking to love and be loved. If we have that, we can be happy in any situation. If we do not have that, we really can never be truly happy in any situation. And what is the origin of this propensity to love? Nitya Siddha Krishna Prema Sadya Kabunoi Sravanadi Sudhichiti Kodiya Yudoi. The eternal soul that is giving life to this body, 
We are not this body. We are not this mind. But we are living in the body and with the mind. Najayate mriyate vakadachit. Krishna tells us in Bhagavad Gita, for the soul there is no birth nor death. The soul is eternal. Satchit ananda, full of knowledge and full of happiness. What is the happiness of the soul? The tradition of bhakti focuses on that aspect, the most essential aspect of self-realization. Sripad Ramanujacharya, Madhvacharya, Nimbarkacharya, Balabhacharya, Vishnu Swami, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. They and millions of other avatars and saints have given their lives and souls to teach us what we have forgotten. That the true potential of the soul being a part of God is to forever be experiencing the infinite sweetness of God's love, of Krishna's love. And when that sweetness of Prem awakens in our heart, it awakens our love for Krishna. That love is without selfishness. It is without arrogance. It is completely pure. The Bhagavad Purana gives a beautiful verse. Savai pung sang paro dharmo yato bhaktirad hokshiji ahoitaki aprati hataya yatma suprasidati. The supreme dharma the supreme religion, the supreme occupation, the supreme duty for all humanity is the awakening of loving service to the Supreme Lord. Such love which is expressed through seva must be unmotivated by any selfishness or arrogance and uninterrupted by any circumstance in order to completely satisfy the soul, the true self. This is what everyone is looking for. This is what everyone is longing for. But when we become disconnected from that inner experience, we're trying to find that happiness through simple, so many temporary relationships, positions, and things. Kamala dala jala jivanathalamala bajahun hari padani tirei. 
but all relationships that are not on the platform of the soul, the atma. They're like a drop of water on a lotus leaf. They will never last for very long. And when we become a when we find pleasure in something or someone, we become attached. And when that attachment is violated, either through circumstances, through betrayal, or ultimately through death and suffering, it is the greatest pain. But that pain can help us to deeply question, what is the truth? What am I really looking for? The relationship between our souls is forever. Why? Because our relationship with Krishna, with God, is forever. True love is not just a flickering state of romantic attachment. It is the experience of the infinite love of Krishna that is within us. And the test, or let us say the evidence that we have been touched by that love is we find no greater happiness than being an instrument of that love. To give other people happiness. That is Sanatan Dharma. That is our true nature. This is a universal principle. In the Bible, Lord Jesus has said, the first and great commandment is to love God with all your heart, all your mind, all your strength, and all your soul. Srila Prabhupada, my beloved guru, he understood this eternal principle with such depth and realization that he can awaken the understanding wherever he went in everyone. This is the true essence of all spiritual paths, of all religions. It's not a sectarian concept. The test of how spiritual we are is how we love God and how we live it is an instrument of that love through loving everyone. The second part of that commandment is to love your neighbor as yourself. And everyone's our neighbor. Every type of human being, every type of animal, bird, fish. Wherever there's life, there's a child of God who is our neighbor. Do we love them as ourself? That is the test. Do we actually love God? 
who was St. Valentine. There is very little known about him, but a few things are known. He was a priest in, in Rome. This day is named after him, where people are sending hearts and candies and gifts to their loved ones, celebrated as a day of romance. But St. Valentine's was a priest. He lived a life of total celibacy. And he sacrificed himself for the well-being of others. In fact, February 14th marks the day when the king of Rome, Claudius, tortured him and cut his head off. Happy Valentine's Day. That's love. He was willing to get his head chopped off and get tortured gladly to help other people to love God. It's nice if people understand a little of the history of what they're doing. What is real love? Real love is sacrifice. Real love is seva, selfless service. Because that's our true nature. In the Srimad Bhagavatam, every story there is a narration of pure selfless love. Love for God, and the Bhagavatam itself says, when you water the root of the tree, that water extends to every part of the tree. And similarly, when we love Krishna, Lord Hari, who has many names, that love naturally extends to everyone as compassion. There was a king. His name was Aranti. He considered the role he had as a king to be a responsibility. The Bhagavad Gita tells Bhaktaram Yajyatapasam Sarva Loka Maheshwaram that real peace, real joy can only come when we recognize that everything is the property of Bhagavan, Parameshwara. And everything is ultimately meant to be utilized in harmony with the will of the Supreme. And ultimately, Krishna is Suhradam Sarava Bhutanam, our most intimate, loving friend and lover. And the ultimate beloved. And that love includes everything and everyone. 
So whatever role or position we have, from a spiritual perspective, it's for service. Ranti Dev, Ramchandra, Yudhisthira, Parikshit, all the great kings, Shibi, throughout the Vedic histories, <clears throat> they saw how they serve the people dependent upon them is how they served God. Even in Bible it is said, you will treat me the way you treat the least of people. And he's talking to us. So Ranti Dev was like that. He was so eager for the physical, emotional, economical, and spiritual welfare of his citizens. He performed tapasya in a secluded place with his family. They fasted, no food, no water for over 40 days. Why? Here's a person who had access to the best foods in the world. He wasn't doing it to lose weight. He wasn't doing it for some health cleanse. He was doing it as a sacrifice that he could share with every single person as his kingdom. To bring divine blessings upon everyone. He was in the mood of a humble servant. He was at a limit where when he completed his fast, his body was trembling. He was on the verge of death. And some of his assistants brought beautiful prasad, spiritual food, to this remote place where he was. And he sat with his family about to eat. And a Brahmin appeared at, his, at, at the door of his little residence. And the Brahmin said, I'm very hungry. Please feed me, O king. So he got up from his sitting place, sat the Brahmin down, and served him. To his full satisfaction. He sat down again. And at that time, a simple laborer, just a hardworking person, poor man economically, he said, Dear King, I'm very hungry. Will you give me something to eat? Ranti Dev fed his whole family as well as that poor man. And he sat down to eat. 
and another person came with a pack of hungry dogs. <coughs> they were all barking. Hare Krishna. I didn't mean to do that, but that propensity came out. <laughs> the man said, I'm very hungry and all my dogs are starving. Please give us something to eat. Now those dogs were hungry. They ate every morsel of food that the king had. There was nothing else anywhere close by. He was about to die, but he fed them all and he served them with his own hands. The dog keeper and the dogs. Because he was seeing his beloved Krishna in the hearts of even the dogs. They were the children. He didn't see them as Krishna. He saw them as the beloved children of Krishna. There's a saying in English, love me, love my dog. I think it came from this story. <laughs> what is love? Ranti Dave had love. All that was left was one cup of water. It was just enough to keep him alive till some more food may come, which would take a long time. He was about to drink the water when a person who by social description at the time was an outcast, considered by society an illiterate, untouchable person. He came to the door and said, O king, I'm dying of thirst. Please give me water. Ranti Dave folded his palms, Namaste, and offered a prayer to Lord Vishnu or Krishna. He said, My beloved Lord, O Supreme Personality of Godhead, I do not pray to you for great wealth. I do not pray to you to get the eight mystic perfections or cities. I do not even desire from you liberation. My only prayer is this. In whatever birth I may take, Give me this blessing that I am willing to give up my life for the well-being of others. In giving this chandala my water, in giving him life, in sacrificing my life for him, I will never again suffer from hunger 
or thirst or anxiety or moroseness or any type of pain. Some Hari Toshinam, because this will please you, my Lord. With those words, he gave the water and his guests drank it. Now he had nothing, but he was completely happy. Now I'm a Swami. To me, this is happy Valentine's Day. A situation like this. It's very romantic. (laughs) Because it's the love affair of the soul with God, with Bhagavan. That is real romance. Not a physical experience, but a spiritual realization of the experience of selfless devotion. At that moment, when there was nothing left to keep him alive, the Brahmin, the field worker, the dogs and their keeper, and the thirsty man. The king saw them all with equal vision. He didn't see their social or economic position. Pandita Samadarshana, he saw them all as Krishna's children. And he respected them, he honored them, he loved them. That's Dharma. They all appeared and they all manifested the forms of devas, demigods, Brahma, Shiva, Indra, Vayu. They said, we took these forms just to test you. But there was no need to test you because we already knew that you were going to give your life for us in whatever forms we had. We wanted to show the world what real love is. And then they manifested a celestial feast for him to eat. And with great humility and gratitude, he ate it. But why did he eat it? So that he would have the strength to serve everyone. We cannot imitate such great people. But these extreme examples are given to set a standard for us. The path of perfection is to follow in the footsteps of great people. If we try to imitate them, we cannot. But the great scriptures teach us these very extreme examples so that we could understand the level of an enlightened person's consciousness. 
And it will humble us to understand how far we really are. And when we honor people who have those qualities and we strive in whatever small way we can to live by those qualities, that is the path of perfection. Today, in our tradition of Gaudiya Vaishnav that I follow, it's one of the most holy days of the year besides St. Valentine's Day. It's the appearance day of Sri Adwaita Acharya, who is an avatar of Maha Vishnu, who played the role of a devotee. He appeared in this world in Devagram in Bengal over 500 years ago. And he saw the kind of suffering that was within human society. He saw the toll of Kali Yuga, where there was so much quarrel, so much hypocrisy, so much arrogance, greed, selfish lust, envy, anger, and illusion. On every level, within families, within the same religion, among other religions, among nations, among castes, among races, among sexes. On every level, there was such conflict. Why? Because human beings were disconnected from their own true purpose and their own true life, their soul. Yoga is the path of reuniting our body, our mind, our intelligence with our atma, with our soul. Reuniting with Krishna, with God's love. Living in harmony with all other living beings and with the environment, Mother Nature herself. Religio is the Latin root of religion, which means to bring one back to one's original nature. Yoga means the same thing. Advaita Charya saw, due to this essential disconnect, the world was heading more and more and more into despair, where there would be the most difficult types of diseases and conflicts. It broke his heart. He felt only if Krishna himself descends to this world can he give the highest, purest essence of spiritual love in this age of Kali. He was an elderly man. He had six children. He had a wonderful wife, Sita Thakurani, who was compassionate and enlightened as he was. 
he had a nice home in a place called Shantipur and also in Mayapur. But he was, and he was considered to be among holy people in the priestly class to be the leader. So he could have lived so comfortably and happily. But he saw the suffering of people, not only at the time, but in the future. He saw every one of us. He could see the situation in the world then, today, and tomorrow. Paradukaduki. An enlightened person sees the suffering of another as their own suffering and the happiness of another as their own happiness. He fasted. He prayed. For hours and hours and hours, for years, he sat on the bank of the Ganga and offered Ganga water and Tulsi leaves to Ashalagram Shila praying with a loud voice, Krishna, please descend and help the people of this world. It was his compassion that attracted Krishna to come to this world. Krishna could not bear to see the pains of such a loving devotee. And he appeared. Krishna Varnam Tvisa Krishna Sangal Pangasaparashanam. Krishna appeared as Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He came with the love and the motherly compassion of Sri Radha and her golden complexion also. There's a beautiful verse. Namo Mahabharanyaya Krishna Prema Pradayate Krishnaya Krishna Chaitanya Namane Gauratveshe Namaha. That Lord Chaitanya is Krishna himself, but he's manifesting a deeper level of mercy than even Krishna did, than any other avatar because he's giving the highest realization of the gopi's love for Krishna, the unalloyed, intimate, sweetest love to everyone and anyone, not considering our qualification or disqualification. One time, Lord Chaitanya was crying he said to his dear devotee Haridas Thakur, who was actually labeled by society as an untouchable, but Lord Chaitanya considered him to be the crest jewel in the, of all the universe. The most enlightened, worshipable person because of his love for Krishna, not because of his social position. He was an awakened soul. Lord Chaitanya cried. He said, it breaks my heart to see how people are suffering in this world. And Haridas said, be happy, my Lord. 
because you have given everyone the holy names of God and God has many names in so many religions and by simply chanting their names everyone has the opportunity to attain the highest love the highest liberation When Lord Chaitanya was traveling in South India, he was a sannyasi at this time. He came to a place in Andhra Pradesh, an ancient temple, thousands of years old, that is still there. I have been. It's a temple of Kurma, Ramanujacharya established the revived worship there almost a thousand years ago. When Lord Chaitanya was there just a little over 500 years ago, he was singing kirtan. And every type of person from every background could see the compassion and the love in his eyes for them. And they all raised their arms and in great faith and devotion, together they chanted the holy names in Sankirtan. Lord Chaitanya taught Nam Namakari Bahuta Nija Sarva Shaktish. My dear Lord, you have many names and in each and every one of your names that you have revealed in various religions and various scriptures, you have invested your love, your power, your grace. You are present in that name. And one can become completely purified by sincerely chanting these names. In the Kali Santarana Upanishad, Lord Chaitanya revealed this beautiful verse that of all the mantras and all the names of God in this age of Kali, the most, the most appropriate medicine is a 32-syllable, 16-word mantra called the Maha Mantra. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hari Rama, Hari Rama, Rama Rama, Hari Hari. So he was chanting and everyone was chanting. And everyone was liberated in prema, in ecstatic love that could never be lost. Thousands of people were gathering from the local villages and towns. Tens and thousands of people. And his happiness was just to see everyone's happiness. Then a very instructive event took place. One man named Kurma invited Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to his home. He was a very wealthy person. He was young. He was handsome. He was highly respected in society. He had everything everyone wants. 
materially. But he told Lord Chaitanya, after welcoming him in his home, giving him a sitting place, washing his feet, giving him prasad. He said, today, because you have accepted my service, my life, my family, my riches, everything have become auspicious. But I can no longer bear. I cannot tolerate the waves in the ocean of material existence. There's too much suffering in this world. Too many complications. I want to give up my family, give up my occupation, and follow you wherever you go. I am surrendered. Sharanagati. Lord Chaitanya looked at him very seriously and said, never speak that way again. There is no need for you to leave your home or your family or your occupation. You remain where you are. True spirituality is not changing your location or changing your role. It's changing your consciousness. Just always remember Krishna by chanting his names and be compassionate to others. Live by the Bhagavad Gita and teach others to do so. And then your life is perfect. That is real renunciation. Yukta-vairagya. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Kurma spoke about Krishna all night long. And after the sun rose, Lord Chaitanya was leaving that place to continue his tour, never to come back. Kurma Brahma knew he would never see his beloved Lord of his life, his Supreme Guru, ever again. So as Lord Chaitanya walked, Kurma Brahman followed him a long distance. He didn't want to give him up. And Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu told Kurma, go back home, perform your duties in Krishna consciousness, in a spirit of seva. And in this way, we will never be separated. You will always be with me and I will always be with you in our hearts, in our soul. The Paramatma and the Atma are eternally beside each other in every heart. Kurma went home. And then something else happened. Not far away, there was a man named Vasudev who had leprosy. It was such an advanced state that there were living worms eating his flesh. This is not the typical Valentine's Day talk. (laughs) 
but it brings out the essence. He was such a humble person. Don't try to imitate. If one worm fell from his body, he would respectfully offer his pranams, pick it up and put it back where it fell from. Thinking this body belongs as much to the worm as it belongs to me. He saw the soul in a worm that was eating him. Respect. When he heard that Lord Chaitanya was at Kurma Brahman, because of his humility and his good character, he could understand that Lord Chaitanya was his beloved Lord. And with great effort, he went to Kurma's house. And he found that Lord Chaitanya had already left many, many hours before. And he felt brokenhearted. The darshan of my life I missed. But the Lord is in everyone's heart. And Lord Chaitanya, knowing the feelings of Kurma, he turned around from his tour of South India, going south, and came all the way north, walking hours and hours and hours back to the house. And there he saw Vasudev, crippled by disease. Such a despicable disease that he was banished from society. There was pus and blood flowing from his sores. And it was contagious. Lord Chaitanya reached his long arms to embrace Vasudev. And Vasudev tried to run away, but Lord Chaitanya caught him and embraced him and squeezed him to his own body. And the infectious sores of Vasudev smeared on the beautiful body of Lord Chaitanya. But what happened is, when he embraced him, Vasudev became completely cured in total health. His body was youthful, effulgent, and beautiful. And he became very humble. And he was thinking in his mind, when I had leprosy, I had nothing to be proud about. But now wherever I go, people will praise me for being the object of divine mercy of of the Lord. I may think myself better than others. And that will disturb my devotion. Sri Chaitanya understood his heart. And he said, just always keep yourself in the mood of being the servant of the servant of Krishna. Chant the names of Krishna. And teach other people by your words and example how to live a life of devotional service. And in this way, 
you will always please the Lord and pride will never come into your heart. Lord Chaitanya left and Vasudeva and Kurma Brahman became best of friends. They embraced each other, they cried in gratitude and they danced and chanted Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hari Rama, Hari Rama, Rama Rama, Hari Hari. This was the Lord's love. That whoever we are, in whatever situation, if we just live by these simple principles, the love of our heart awakens. Fifty years ago, when our beloved Guru Srila Prabhupada came to the West. He transformed many of our hearts. He spoke a philosophy based on the Vedic scriptures that was preserved by great acharyas and gurus since the beginning of time. But his love, his compassion could awaken within us our own potential. To the degree we become reconnected with our souls, we could see the potential in others. Srila Prabhupada, he could see every living being that he came in contact with as a beloved child of Krishna who inherently is ecstatic with love for Krishna beyond birth and beyond death. And because he believed in us for who we really were, He gave us faith that we could be like that. That is satsang. When we come in association of someone who sees our potential, who sees the beauty of our own souls, which we have forgotten, which is the cause of suffering and depression, we believe in ourselves. He never claimed to be God. He always said, I'm just the humble servant of the Lord. But so are you. (laughs) That love is within you. Valentine's Day, from a spiritual perspective, is to try to become saintly by following in the footsteps of saints. By learning to see the spiritual essence, the goodness within our own hearts. Through living a pure life, through chanting the names of the Lord, and through seva. And learning to see that potential in our family members. In our society as far as possible in everyone 
And this is something that every one of us in a big or small way can do today. I'll end with a little analogy. It was spoken at the Tirumala Hill about 950 years ago by a great saint named Anantacharya. He said, a saintly person, a true bhakta, is like a crane. A crane is a bird. It has a long pointed beak, white feathers, long legs. And that crane stands on one leg, just looking down into a stream of water. And so many little fish are swimming by. The crane lets all the fish swim by. Dozens of fish, hundreds of fish, thousands of little fish are swimming by. He's just patiently watching lets them pass. As soon as a big fish comes, he has a feast. Now, I don't eat fish. But the analogy of this story, because cranes do eat fish, applies to us. That there are so many little things in our life, little things in the world, that we become so distracted by, so attracted to, so disturbed by. We should focus our hearts on what's really important, on the big perspective of life. What's really important? What's really meaningful? What is my goal? If we don't remain focused and attentive toward the meaningful goal of life, then we see the little fish as really big. If you don't have inner fulfillment and a way to find inner fulfillment, then all the little things in life which are like little grains of sand. In Goa, you have many grains of sand. We see the grains of sand to be like a mountain. And they disturb us so much. But if we keep our sight on the mountain, the real mountain, then we'll see the grain of sand for what it really is. between husbands and wives, between brothers and brothers and sisters and sisters and brothers and sisters, between races, between religions, between uh, all different kinds of people and so many different situations within our own hearts. So many little things disturb us. And we become obsessed by these things. but actually they're totally unimportant if we understand that we're an eternal soul, (laughs) if 
if we understand that soon we're all going to die, and what do these little matters have in significance to our life? The things that disturb us so much, we don't even remember in a day or two. To keep our mind focused on what's, what is real love? What is our real potential to love? How we can connect to that love and share that love. Whether in politics or business or industry or engineering, whether we're artists or in agriculture or teachers or monks, The important thing in life is our dharma. And if we focus on our dharma, then we will not be disturbed by all these little fish. We just let them pass. We do the best we can to deal with situations, but we do not become distracted from our purpose. Our purpose is to love God and to love each other unconditionally. Thank you very much.